The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Federal Football Report. All things burgundy and gold. We don't say that other name. No, no, no. It's been changed. And by the way, <laughs> if the name of this show offends anybody, we'll change it, too. I'm not married to the name of the show. What about you, Kevin? I mean, all things oh, no, are up no, for no. debate, right? We're, we're just us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We're us. It's, it's the people's show. Yeah, it's, the, it's your show. Exactly. To prove, to prove that it's your show, we give the show away to Ryan today. Exactly. Um, exactly. Let me take uh, a second to introduce the world of Ryan Popovich. Now, Ryan and I we met uh, through Twitter, and and this is it's kind of funny because way back when when the when we had sports in America um, mm-hmm. uh, during the, the the Caps championship run, they had these guys in Vegas that we had to go through, <laughs> and, and it turns out that Ryan was a was a, a, a an avid uh, Golden Knights fan, and we got into a little little friendly trash talking on Twitter. And the thing I liked about Ryan was he didn't take it seriously. He talked serious trash now. serious i I mean he talked he he write a book on some trash and still does so ryan welcome to the federal football report thanks for having me guys yeah so first thing i want to ask you is how are you doing man i know that you were um you're located in or very near vegas and um you know which was the epicenter of the not the epicenter but it hit it hit hard in vegas uh from the economic standpoint how you guys doing out there? We're doing bad, but we're starting to pick back up again. Almost all the casinos are open on the strip. I think I read that there's only four not open, so they're they're getting back, but it's still slow. Yeah, and Vegas is a place where we're not used to things being slow. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, casinos shutting down. What was Vegas? I mean, like the city that never sleeps. I mean, I, every time I'm in Vegas, I mean, it doesn't matter what time of night, what how early in the morning, uh, things are popping, people are up, things are happening. What was it like near the Strip, you know? And I don't know if you even went near I mean, maybe you couldn't even get near the Strip, but maybe you saw it on the news or something. What was it like there um, at the height of the uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, for you guys? Like back in the old days, uh, you know, a year ago or so, it would take about a, an hour to get from where I work, which is right by the airport, all the way up to the stratosphere. Um, when this hit and everything shut down, we took a ride up the Strip in, at the end of March, and we were like maybe 15. 20 minutes we went from one end to the other that's deep wow yeah we went you know past downtown we went to a couple other places i mean from the time we left the house till the time we got home it was less than two hours let me ask you did the city how did the city cooperate i mean you know you hear all different things from different like political perspectives did the city as a whole understand what needed to happen here i know nobody wanted to close down but do you think they did with, with cooperation? Like, was there a sense of unity, I guess, of what I'm asking? Or was it, like, begrudgingly that they did it? 
first it was good. Everybody was getting along, uh, the governor, the mayor. But then after the mayor realized we were losing a billion dollars a month by having casinos shut down, mm-hmm. she kind of turned against the governor and said a few things. And I know she was interviewed on, I think, 60 Minutes or something. And I guess she kind of embarrassed herself the way she was talking, saying, hey, let's become like a, a control group and see how this works, see if we can get people back in the casinos. You know, if people get sick, they get sick. You know, it's kind of like a drug trial. You know, if your arm falls off or whatever, then then we then we screwed up. And, and if it doesn't, then keep keep hitting them buttons and pulling those handles. Um, right. So what's interesting is you know you you and Kevin got this uh, I guess this whole rivalry thing, this uh, the Twitter friendship through the uh, Caps and, and Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals, um, which by the way was the Golden Knights inaugural season. Talk a little bit about what it was like to have an expansion team make it to the Stanley cup finals. What was, what was the city like? Did, did, did people in Vegas embrace the golden Knights quickly or once things got serious, it's like, Whoa, we, let's jump on the bandwagon here. It actually seems like it took a while. Um, the company I work for has a box at the arena and my wife and I were able to make three games before they started getting really good. And then it was hard to get tickets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> only, in fact, the only tickets we've been able to get since then is uh, the penguins. Cause we're originally from Pittsburgh which I've mentioned to Kevin a few times on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely took a couple months for, for the people around here to, to become fans. But it, once it caught on, it, it, it boomed. Um, oh, good. So you're from Pittsburgh. You're from, so you're, okay, good. So you're from a place that knows about sports. I mean, not from Vegas. Right? <laughs> well, I'm from a little town called Beaver Falls, uh, home of Joe River Namath. Um, and, and then, you know, somewhere I'm a close second to, to you know, being famous from coming out of there. <laughs> well, nice. well, being being a, a transplanted Pittsburgher, as as we say, and knowing something about sports, you know this this little situation is delaying the arrival of the NFL in Vegas. Now, I found it interesting. Uh, my my last trip to Vegas was in September, and. I found that we were waiting for our room, and I had never been to a, a, a sports book before. And I, I found it so interesting that everybody had jerseys from all over the league there. It wasn't like, you know, it was a Vegas town, so everybody had Vegas jerseys. How do you think Vegas, is Vegas still going to be like that? Are you going to see a bunch of Vegas jerseys? Are you going to still see ver- uh, jerseys? from all over the league, what do you think is, uh, is going to, the look is going to be? I see a lot of transplants out here from Pittsburgh. Um, and, of course, Pittsburgh and Oakland have that uh, situation with the immaculate reception that, that John Madden and them have never been able to get over. <laughs> so, of course, you know, we're going to have to be careful wearing our Pittsburgh garb in the, in the area now. Um, but it, it is amazing how many transplants you see out here, how many people, you know, still root for their home teams. Or you, you might even run into somebody who's from Hawaii that, has Pittsburgh stuff on or some other team. But I've also heard rumors that there are people moving here from Los Angeles and Oakland to root specifically for the Raiders, which, you know, some people aren't happy about. But They're bringing the black hole to Vegas. Oh, God help us, yeah. <laughs> why, would, why would anyone want to move from Oakland and Los Angeles area to Vegas just to root for a team that's been below average for the last 30 years? 
That's crazy. Why uproot your whole life for a team that's going to underachieve you after you have to? Well, anyway, um, and we know something about underachieving and being below average here in Washington oh, when it comes to football. Um, <laughs> so, so how I, the, the thing that I'm thinking when it comes to football, I mean, imagine, you know, if you're a Redskins, uh, well, a Washington football team fan or a Cowboys <laughs> fan or a Giants fan. Well, well and careful there, careful there. Exactly. The I don't want to, you know. Uh, I yeah, I didn't tell I didn't tell the nation that because I wanted to listen to the whole show. But Ryan is a Cowboys fan. Well, I mean, just imagine though if you if you travel, you know, we've had one or two on the show before. Um, but imagine <laughs> you know being a fan, your That's team is, is playing Monday night, you know, uh, uh, or Sunday night. Uh, in in Vegas against the Raiders. I mean, that's a trip you want to plan. You get you get fans together. You get your boys together. You get family together. You go out to Vegas to see your team play on Sunday night, and 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 you have all the fun that Vegas offers as well. I mean, that's going that's a good weekend. That's how it was with hockey, and, and it still is. When you go to games, you see maybe twenty five to fifty percent of the crowd wearing the the visiting team's jerseys, uh, the sweaters, whatever hockey calls them, and. and <laughs> It's, it's really interesting. Like I said, being from Pittsburgh, uh, the first year my wife and I went, it, it was almost a 50-50 split. Um, cool. You know, we went to a Winnipeg fan and actually sat amongst the common people because we couldn't get into the uh, into the box yeah. that game, and we were just that surrounded by Winnipeg fans. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. We were surrounded by Winnipeg fans, and they were – they were rough, so. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will say this about, I mean, even as rough as it gets, hockey fans in general, I, I was so surprised when I first started going to games, they're some of the most polite and considerate fans of all the sports. Like, the fact that you can't go down to your seat while there's action on the ice because there's a chance you might miss a goal or something, right? You know, it's that I found that very, very cool. You won't see that in the NBA. Well, you won't see anything in the NBA right now, but some <laughs> fake guys in the stands. Let me let me change. <laughs> let me let me change. What what is your opinion of, of uh, Ryan of the uh, of the leagues attempting to start up of what we have in in hockey now and the NBA and and what football is trying to do? What is your opinion as a as a fan on, on sports starting back up during all this? Well, I'd, I'd say the NBA, the NHL seem to have done it right. You don't uh, hear a lot of cases. I believe the NHL doesn't have any cases right now, and I think the NBA is also pretty much clear. Uh, baseball, you got the St. Louis Cardinals that have only played five games this year, and I think other teams have played 15-plus. Uh, the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, I believe they're called. Um you know, they're obviously out still, you know, in their hometowns or, or, you know, traveling to the away towns. I honestly don't know if the NFL is going to be able to start up if baseball shows that it's not going to be able to control this virus. And I, I read this morning that the big five conferences in the NCAA are talking about not even playing this year. I don't, I don't know what you guys have heard. You're the professionals. Yeah, well, in my professional opinion and from my research, no, you're right. The, 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 these power conferences have all gone to uh, conference schedules only, uh, but they are considering calling it a season. I forget which conference. The MEAC had already canceled and said, we're not going to yeah. do any games. The MAC canceled. Yeah. And, I, and I was listening to the commissioner of, one of, um, of the MAC this morning, and he was saying that the way that they, they do it is that it's each particular conference. It doesn't. It's not like they have one guy in charge telling them what to do. They all get together and decide. So it's a group decision. So, and, and I'm thinking. And he was saying that other conferences are actually calling them for advice. And um, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to have a season unless you have someone to play. 
Right. Well, yeah. You know, well, then, and here's the other thing. I mean, again, you can't keep calling these guys student athletes and not pay them or say their compensation is in their tuition. If school is virtual, but they're at school to play football, then stop right. it and pay the boys to play. If that's if that if you're going to do all that, and so if if school's not in and kids aren't on campus, then the boys shouldn't be there playing football. Simple, you know, and then and, and if you bring them in to do that, then there's a larger discussion that the NCAA has to have and they have to stop deceiving themselves because no one else is deceived as to, as to, <laughs> as to I mean, the boys know what they're there to do, what they're there to do. Uh, the families know what the boys are there to do. The fans know what they're there to do and the schools know what they're there to do, but they just try to make it seem like they're there to get an education and, and, and a lot of them get good, great educations, but a lot of them are there to play sports, to play football and try to get to the NFL That's, and, 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 and make and make money for the schools. That's what it is. Yeah. Speaking of making money, um, since Ryan's a Cowboy fan, uh, what do you think about the way they handled the Dak Prescott situation? Um, you know, they had the opportunity to just go ahead and sign him to a long-term deal. They decided to uh, franchise him, which Washington knows, for example, the way they mistreat, mistreated. Uh, how can you say somebody making millions and millions of dollars a year is being mistreated? <laughs> the way they mishandled the Kirk Cousins situation. Um, do you think they did right by not signing Dak long term? You think he is the guy, or you think that um, that uh, he got hosed like everybody else? <laughs> I think a little bit of both because he really hasn't shown much. I think he's only won one playoff game, maybe two. And you get a lot of guys out there that that have won multiple, you know, playoff games, maybe even gone to the conference championship at least. He's definitely got the great stats. He, you know, he's got a good cast around him. Um, but I don't completely disagree with franchising him this year and maybe, you know, giving him a shot to prove himself to get that long-term contract. You think he'd be able to live off that $18 million for a year if they play? I know I couldn't, so I highly doubt he can. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you one of the Cowboys fans that, are, that, that, that loved Romo or hated Romo? I loved him. I, you know, I had nothing against him. I mean, I know, again, he, he, same thing. He only won one playoff game, maybe two. He's obviously better in the booth. Yeah, he's good in the booth. I, I like him in the booth, too, as long as you know, on the field. <laughs> you know, we've had, we've had um, mixed success against Romo sometimes. He got us. Sometimes we were the hammer. Sometimes we were the nail. Um, uh, he, he he did give me one of my the highlights of my fandom was the uh, the New Year's Eve game against RG three. That was one of the the highlights of, of, of my my fandom. So um, so I had to thank him for that. You know, happy he's gone. <laughs> I like that. You know, and that pays me to say that. I like the fact that he came from obscurity, a low mid round draft pick. You know, behind the ledger like Romo, and they just expected him to to be there for a while. He was thrust into it and he performed. I mean, you got to give Jason Garrett some credit for that. And you got to give that credit for it because, you know, you got first round picks who can't play. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Right. But but he came in and did, did not only his job, but he did more than was expected. Hey, look, uh, Ryan, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. You, like I said, you're a tr- tremendous man, a tremendous sport. And, and that's why I appreciate it the most about our little Twitter uh, jabs and joust. And you can, if I, if I have this correctly, you guys can follow Ryan at RT Pops. Be prepared when you do so. <laughs> be prepared. But be prepared with some laughs as well, right? So, Ryan, thanks a lot. And anytime, if you're welcome, anytime you want to come on, right? Well, thanks for having me on, guys. It was fun. Uh, I appreciate it, and I look forward to the next time.
All right, so that was fun hanging out with Ryan uh, from Vegas. Uh, at the time we're recording this, pretty early wake-up call for him, uh, especially early for Vegas. I mean, you know, you don't want to wake up in Vegas until close to 10, given, uh, depending on how late, how up late you were <laughs> the night before. He said it was early, but I'm, I've, it's only at the time we're recording this, I think it's just 10.30 his time or 9.30 his time. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but you know. What was he doing uh, last night? Well, you know, interesting. We didn't get into it, but one of Ryan's gigs is he works for the company that replaces, repairs slot machines. And, oh, you know, since <laughs> Vegas is yeah. a twenty-four-hour city. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. work twenty-four hours. Well, they work longer hours than doctors and police, right? You know? Not, so yeah, yeah. You talk yeah. about essential service in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he, 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 he may not have gone to bed last night. Yeah, you, may, well, you definitely want to make sure those slot machines work. So we got a lot to talk yeah. when it comes to burgundy and gold. So uh, number one, I mean, the biggest thing since we had a last show is the whole Darius Geis situation. The team released Darius Geis multiple. Um, uh, and not just reports, but charges or uh, uh, police reports, allegations of domestic abuse. He denies it, um, but the team's not putting up with that. Uh, it looks like a, a Coach Rivera's not playing around, and the organization seems to not be playing around now when it comes to culture change. And uh, you know, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting. I thought when I first heard it, I thought it was uh, – with the circumstance, I thought it was an inevitable move. I thought they did hmm. what they had to do, and yes. there was no argument to be made. Now, subsequent to that, I've heard a couple of statements from Rivera, one being along the lines of, we'll just have to, if we're wrong, we'll just have to deal with the lawsuits down the road. Okay. <laughs> Which, to me, that was like leaving some room of doubt, like um, – you know, I can understand Aaron on the side of caution, but it's still a human being, both a human being's life you're talking about here, right? Right. You right. know, so, um, and then there was some statement by the lawyers, and lawyers, you know, gosh, they shouldn't make statements sometimes. They should just say, you know, listen to the courts handle this, and, you know, you know, if nothing else, you're guilty of, of, of making a bad decision and picking lawyers and stuff. So, right. I, um, <laughs> I'm, 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 you're talking about the situation that, that there is no excuse for. I don't care what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just the way I was brought up. I don't care. You're the, you know, and it might sound uh, chauvinistic, but but you're the man. I don't care what kind of weapons you got. You're the man. Right. You can handle it. You don't have to hit a woman. That's just the way I was brought up. And forgive me if it's anybody, you know, feel free to contact me at Stanfield Kevin if I'm wrong or contact <laughs> Claude if I'm wrong. Yeah. Claude exactly. I mean, I'm wrong. I would love to see the person that says someone that you're wrong about not hitting a woman, like a male just should not hit a woman. I'd be like, who in the world would say that? But you did bring up a great point, though, uh, or at least something interesting, I think, when you say Coach Rivera says, you know, well, if we made the wrong decision, you know, we'll just see how it plays out. The swiftness by which they made this decision would make it seem like you had enough evidence to make this harsh decision. Because there's so many different things you can do other than just a quick release. Um, but I guess it had a lot to do with PR. And by the way, I mean, the team is used to whatever production he's not going to provide. They're used to not having it because, <laughs> because he hasn't played much. And so it's not like they're missing a lot of on the field production. Maybe they're saying, you know what, let's just, it's more important to clean house and not to have anything seem like we're okay with this, given the PR hit we've taken with the names and then this whole scandal thing. And so many people, you know, uh, uh, with all the sexual harassment stuff, that it's just best just to cut it. Whether he did anything or not, we're not going to stand beside him while the courts figure this out because we just can't take the PR hit. You know, it's ironic about this. uh, The same weekend that this happened, it was announced that Reuben Foster was coming off the 
the physically unable to perform this. And, and, you know, this was a guy who was out of football, a number one pick that was the same thing happened to him in San Francisco because of multiple allegations. Mm -hmm. And since that time, it's pretty much the the, the, uh, accuser has recanted all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. so, but still, no one blames the 49ers for for letting him go. Uh, people criticized the, the Burgundy and Gold for picking him up, in particular, Bruce Allen for picking him up. Mm-hmm. But now it looks like it's a, it was a steal. And this is just one of those situations where, yes, it's better to err on the side of caution in terms of the business of football. Right. But then right, add, right. add to that the business of the, the justice system in this country, which says that individual is innocent until proven guilty. Until proven so guilty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a company. You can't have one without the other in the NFL. Yeah. Meanwhile, the team that he used to play for that let him go, they're going to stick with the Washington football team for this year. Not going to rush to try to pick a team, a, a, a logo or a name or nickname or whatever for the team mascot. What do you think about that? Sticking with that for this year instead of rushing through. Now, I'm not sure if they meant to do it for this reason, but just like I was explaining to somebody on Twitter at Stanfield, Kevin, it's like if they change the name, in the future, it's like saying, I'm going to call you the N-word for one more year. Then I'm going to stop. <laughs> you can't do that. If it's wrong, it's wrong now. Right, so let's right. stop doing it now. <laughs> Absolutely right now. Let's stop <laughs> doing it. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't, you know, I'm suffering because of the helmet thing and the numbers on the side of the helmets, right? You know, I'd rather see we're playing helmets. You know, mm-hmm. to me, one of the sharpest helmets in the league ever, and I'm not sure if it's still this way, the Pittsburgh helmet with the logo on just one side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love those, man. Right. <laughs> they're, so, they're so cool. I halfway, I like the, the Browns helmets a little bit, but the logo on one side, I think if they just put the W on one side of the helmet, that mm-hmm. would be awesome. Absolutely. But then uh, guys like Ryan would think we're copying off of them. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want we don't want anything like that going on. Like yeah, that. yeah. So what else? What's happening? I'm going to go ahead. No, I was going to ask you. So what is that? You know, personal tragedy aside, what, what do you think about the running back position right now? Well, see, that's the thing. It's like. You know, now with that happening, the running back position is, is, is seemingly wide open. I mean, listen, Adrian Peterson had a great two years, last two seasons here. Great last two seasons. Um, but, you know, I don't think anyone believes that, and you can't believe he's a long-term answer to the running back position, to the, because he's, he's obviously had more, year, he's had more years behind him than he's got in front of him in the league, right? Um, and maybe he can get you one more year of production this upcoming season if there is one, which there shouldn't be, but in case they were, just for the sake of argument. But you've got to figure something out. I mean, you know, you've got um, uh, 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 Bryce Love, I believe, right? Uh, uh, yeah. And, but who knows what he's, what he's going to turn into? I mean, because he was hurt his entire rookie season. And so, you know, we don't, we don't know. It's the, it, at this point, um, it's the biggest question mark on the team, despite having Adrian Peterson on it, simply because you know he – now, Adrian Peterson has also been one throughout his career will defy the odds. I mean, he tore up his knee and came back better than ever. And so – and who thought he'd be playing – you know, after – what? Uh, gosh, we in, in uh, New Orleans where he couldn't get on the field because Sean Payton wouldn't let him play. Uh, you know, folks saying, well, he's washed up, he's washed up. He's come in and had two great seasons. I don't say great. He had two solid seasons, two solid yeah, seasons, yeah, two yeah. good seasons. He was the best offensive player on the team. Um, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, you know, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, ah, man, um, it, it's the biggest question mark on the team. 
Well, you know, being being of, of advanced age here, I remember the years when um, when John Riggers was setting records for being the the oldest player in the league ever to to rush for a thousand yards, the oldest player in the league to ever have multiple, multiple touchdown seasons, the oldest. But see, you know, the way that John Riggins extended his career, the team helped him because there was all these rumors that Riggins would be in traction on the Friday night before the game. And I said mm-hmm. to myself, attraction was the name of a bar somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, coaches have to just sort of lighten up. You don't, you don't practice a player the same way mm-hmm. at, at, at 36 as you would practice a 26 year old. That's right. You know? and, That's right. But, but it can't, it can't be seen as, as, as favoritism is, is, is more of a sign of respect. Nobody questioned the fact that Riggins didn't practice. Nobody, nobody, you know, with with the dysfunction on this team the past couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, they couldn't do that. But maybe Rivera is the type of coach that recognizes, hey, this is my guy here, and I'm going to have to take care of my guy. Maybe with a training a training staff that recognizes this and and gives this information to the coach, we might see something a little bit different this year. And that's the thing, like you know, you talk about you don't want to see, can't be seen as favoritism. I'm the coach. and like, I don't care what you guys see it as. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know, he's put, he's put years in this league. You can see his name on, in the record books. You can see what he's done throughout his career. And he's older than you guys. And I'm not going to run him to the ground. You guys haven't proven anything. Like, you haven't proven anything. He's proven it. You know, it's like, so we are going to treat him differently. And, 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 and that's exactly what I think you should do because he's a different player. And, and, and if you guys don't like that, try playing without him. Oh, as a matter of fact, we'll try playing without you. We'll, we, we'll do it without you. Uh, what's up with Jordan Reed now? He's in San Francisco now, right? Didn't he just sign with yeah, the 49ers? Right. He's in, yeah, he's in San Francisco. I, I hope it works out for him. I hope nobody hits him in the head. I mean, he, he was a guy that was uh, ultra talented for his position. Uh, see, the thing about Jordan Reed, though, is with all that talent, you had to sacrifice a little something, and that was uh, blocking from the tight end position. Right. Now, as, yeah. great, as great as Rob Gronkowski was, or might still be, depending on what happens in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. he was big and he would block before he went out. And, and Jordan's thing was, I got to get out in the pattern, right? I got to mm-hmm. get open so Kirk can throw me the ball, right? You know? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it works out for him. I'm hoping he doesn't get hit in the head. I'm hoping that he doesn't catch coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, no, absolutely. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> or both. You know, I'm hoping all, I hope there's nothing but the best for him. Uh, Kyle has been known to pick up a couple of uh, 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 his um, uh, discards for the burgundy and gold. You know, um, he, he gave uh, Alpha a, a shot for a while there. And um, there was another um, uh, a tight end that he picked up. But anyway, um, he, he just wasn't, it was, time was up here. I mean, they gave him every opportunity. It was unfortunate. It wasn't to his fault that all this happened, but they're going to have to do something at the tight end position. Uh, I see they activated Logan Paulson off the unable to perform this. Some might say that he wasn't able to perform before they put him on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we need, um, we need just, uh, 
solid production from that position. I think we can get out of the sprinkle. I think if you if you play sprinkle within the limits of his talent, don't expect him to go downfield like a, a healthy Vernon Davis or like mm-hmm. Ron did, you know, just something you need from the original tight ends was just somebody who would go over the middle and catch the ball and the quarterback was in trouble, right? Give right. you 10, maybe 15 yards to pop. You know, if you need 10 and you get 15, that's gravy, right? You know, so hopefully they, you know, we don't try to get the superstar out of the, uh, the tight end position. We just get solid production as a pass catcher, as a pass protector, and as a run blocker. Absolutely. Solid production is what you get when you listen to the Federal Football Report, ladies and gentlemen, all things burgundy and gold. And again, if you want the name of this show changed, we'll change it. We'll just call it the Washington Football Show, you know, until we come up with a new name that doesn't offend anybody. But I can't say why anybody would be offended by this name. Only thing offense would be taking the people don't listen. Right. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're definitely offended if you don't listen. So, folks, yeah, you can follow Kevin uh, at Stanfield Kevin on Twitter. Me, Claude J. Radio is where I'm at on Twitter. Uh, and we'll try to catch up with you guys next week. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Fear right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald. Where your story lives.